Okay, so Bezras Hashem, we're going to try and do something a little bit differently tonight. It's only because I wasn't able to print out the, uh, the Pesach Gileon, so I wasn't able to learn it over the first or second days. But I didn't want there to be a week that went by without learning the Rabbis Torah. So what we're going to try and do is we're going to try and do something that I've wanted to do for a little bit, which was review a mimer uh, that the Rebbe gave over at a tish on Yud Tes Kislev of this year, of Tavshin Pei Beis. Now, it will likely take us three or four sessions or shirim that I'm not sure how long it will take yet to go over this mimer. And that will be in conjunction or in addition to the typical weekly entering the Sea of Wisdom shirim that we give. Ezra Sashem, we should always be macabre upon ourselves to learn more and do more for the Rabbis Torah and for the Torah HaKadoshah. So, so this will be one of those elements of moreness, of odef, of addition, which is ultimately the secret of Yud Kislev. And we're going to try and see where we go. I'm not sure if I'll be reading it straight and just trying to explain a little bit according to my humble understanding or whether you know it will be more of a riff. But uh, what we have to first and foremost acknowledge is that Typically speaking, when the Rebbe gives over a mimer, so Rebbe Kiva Erlinger Shlita sits there, uh, somehow miraculously understanding or intuiting every word that the Rebbe is saying. Because if anybody's been by a hufa'a, by a gathering of the Rebbe, by a tish, the Rebbe sits there with a towel over his mouth, um, leaning back in a, in a menucha shlema sha'atar tzeba. And it's very, very difficult to hear the words of the tzaddik. Now, I had the schus once to be there recently, Parshas Para, and it's possible to hear, but it's not a typical type of hearing, but you can hear what the Rebbe is saying if you pay attention close enough to the Rebbe's face. But what Rabbi Akiva does is he sits there with his laptop typing very quickly in Lashon HaKodesh, even though the Rebbe is generally speaking conveying the teachings in Yiddish. And afterwards, sorry, Chavra, New laptop, so say there. So, and then afterwards, and then afterwards, the Rebbe will, the Rebbe, Rebbe Kiva will translate the words. And then afterwards, the Rebbe Kiva will write down the mimer. He'll write down the entire mimer and he'll add footnotes and he'll edit it. This was a mimer that is still unedited. This is not a mimer that is edited, but what they do is they send out the goof, they send out the exact words that were written down immediately afterwards. So this is unedited legamre. And in addition to the unedited nature of it, I was not there, nor do I have the capacity to understand the words that the Rebbe was saying. But nevertheless, we're going to try and glean just a little bit of what the Rebbe was talking about on this Yudtes Kislev of Tavshin Pebez, which Leonis Daiti is certainly a Torah with precedence, but it takes that Torah with precedence to a place that is unprecedented, which is typical for the Rebbe. Now, Yudtes Kislev, just a little bit of context, Yudtes Kislev is considered the Rosh Hashanah Lechassidus, it's considered the, the, the birthplace of Chassidus, it is a celebration in particular within the realms of Chabad Chassidus, but it has become something that is celebrated throughout the world, because Chabad Chassidus, whether a person is Lubavitch or Chassid or not, they're still Mekushter to Lubavitch, because without the Balhatanya, uh, essentially one of the Talmide Mufakim or the Talmud Mufak of the, the Magad of Mizrich, we all owe 
so much of our access to Teresa Hasidus and the expression of Teresa Hasidus and the hafatz of Teresa Hasidus and the hafatz of the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov and those ma'ayanos, those wellsprings that the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh promised were necessary for the emergence of Mashiach Tzidkenu, so much of that is tied up with the Mesiris Nefesh that the Tzadikim and the Yechide Hadoros of Lubavitch gave over, meaning the Baal HaTanya, the Mitlarebbe, the Tzamach Tzedek, the Maharash, the Rebbe Rashab, the Rabbi Rayatz and the seventh Lubavitch Rebbe. And so Yudtes Kislev, in spite of the fact that it was simply a celebration of the Balatanya leaving prison, nevertheless, it has become a mark on the calendar that Bali Hasidus and Tamidim of the Balshemtov celebrate, highlighting the fact that ultimately all Hasidus is tied up into one singular point of expression and emerging from the prisons of ourselves, emerging from the prisons of history, emerging from the prisons of the collective, of the individual, of the mind, of the heart, very, very shy to what we went through on Shvi Shal Pesach, what we went through throughout the entirety of Pesach. The, the Iker Nekud and Tarasach Hasidus is the concept of Min HaKadosh I have cried out to you from the confines, from the constraints, from jail, from prison, from the prisons of my life, from the prisons of my mind. And you have saved me, you have elevated me, you have freed me. You have brought out and redeemed my soul specifically by way of peace. And that is the secret of the Bashem Tov HaKadosh and Chasidus. Not only to be saved, but to be saved by way of peace, by way of And so what the Rebbe was talking about on Yat Kislev is an incredible, incredible notion. And we're just going to be looking at the first part tonight. We're going to be looking basically at the first page, which I shared, the first page that discusses the beginning process of the Mimer. The whole crux of the Mimer is the Rebbe revealing a revolution of sorts. Now, again, this is a revolution with precedence, but the revolution is that what Torah Sachasidus helps us understand is that the typical hierarchies according to which we operate in most of our religious and spiritual lives of Avodah Hashem are not only not as sturdy as we think they are, but it's typically the opposite, that when we truly uncover the biases and the, and the ways of living that are rooted in our typical assumption of what is better and what is worse, what is higher and what is lower, we come to find that as we open our hearts and our minds up to Torah, not only are those hierarchies shown to be unstable, but in fact, they're shown to be reversed. And it's an oilam hafuch raisi. And that one of the ikr chidushim of Torah especially in the writings of the Balatanya son, the Mitla Rebbe, and the fifth generation of Hasidus Chabad, the Rebbe Rashab, both of whom are indelible marks and influences, so to speak, on the Torah of the Tzaddik, Rabbi Yitzhak Mari Morgan Stern Shlita. But what they show is not only must the hierarchy be undone, but it has to be reversed. So what this means is that typically, if we felt that Shemayim is higher than Aretz, or that Torah is higher than walking in the Shuk, contemplating God, that is rooted in an old style fashion of relating to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We typically assume that that which is higher, that which is more clarified, that which is more apparent, that which is easier, is better than that which is more difficult, than that which is concealed, than that which is lower, than that which is difficult. But what Hasidus comes to show is that not only is the difficult not bad, not only is the concealment not bad, 
not only is the darkness not bad, not only is the difficulty not bad, not only is the limitation and the gvul and the self and the ego not bad, but in truth, if we can properly engage with them, they are much higher on a spiritual balance level than the Shamayim itself, than Torah itself. That what we thought was lower when it's clarified and properly engaged is revealed to be higher than what we thought was always higher. So the Aretz itself becomes higher than Shemayim, for example. Typically, we assume the clarity of Shemayim is much higher than the doubtful lack of clarity of the Aretz. But comes along the sugya of Dir B'tachtonim, of the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu specifically wants us to find him down here. And suddenly we have new eyes to look at what it means to be down here. And now the Aretz, which is earthly experience with all of its difficulties and the confines of what it means to be human and stuck in the human condition are now no longer seen as secondary failed experiences of a sad state of experience being thrown down into exile, but rather it is the very site where we can transform difficulty into greatness. It is the difficulty and the darkness and the concealment and the constriction which we so typically associate with being lower and less important and more negative and only bidieved as if, oy vey, I wish things could have been one way, but because they're not one way, now I have to deal with them the way they are right now. In truth, the way they are right now, the bidievids of our lives that we perceive as lower are in truth deeper, more powerful, and more potent sites of encountering HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that is what the Rebbe is going to be discussing, at least in the beginning of this Mimer. And what we're going to do is we're going to move slowly into this Mimer to see if we can glean any insight, any etza, any medicine, any trufa, any therapeutic steps in the right direction towards alleviating the burdens of our lives and making ourselves a little bit lighter and learning how to uncover a little bit more bittal and how to make ourselves just a little bit smaller so that the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu can take the place of the light of our own self-obsession. Just a little bit more through the words of the tzaddikim and the tzaddikim of the generations and the tzaddikim of our generation. The Rebbe begins the Yat Kislev Maimer as follows. So the Pasuk is describing what happens when Moshe Rabbeinu, the Tzadik Emes, the Tzadik Yisad Oilam, Tzadik Hadoros, the Moshe Rabbeinu is the Shoresh of all Tzadikim up to and including Mashiach Tzadkenu, as the Rebbe makes very clear in his Ma'amarim on Moshe and Mashiach, that Tzadikim point out that that which was is that which will be, is Rosh Tevas Moshe, as the Orachayim HaKadosh points out, out because ultimately the Shairish of Mashiach is Moshe Rabbeinu and Lo Kambi Yisrael Navi Od Kemosh Rabbeinu that there will never be anybody as great as Moshe Rabbeinu. Ah, we see Paskin the Halach and the Rambam that Mashiach will be greater. So it must mean that Mashiach and Moshe are one and the same. That the Via Samashiach is the Hizgalus, the final revelation of the Das of Moshe in the Guf of Mashiach Tzedkenu. So Moshe Rabbeinu is this child, is this young child, the Redeemer who is sent into exile, thrown not into Shamayim, but thrown even farther down than we can ever imagine, into the Nile River, the very opposite of the Das of Moshe, the Das of Klippa, constriction, lostness, darkness, concealment, folding over of oneself, all of the synonyms and, and, and metaphors that we can imagine to be utilized to experience what the Nile River experience must have been like, all of them are true and more so. And we see that Basia, the daughter of Paro, 
who was the capacity of evil itself to admit to the good. Basia, we know, was the redemption that emerged out of exile itself. It was the light of the princess who was stuck within the palace of the snake. Basia sees, and there is a young lad, there is a child who is crying. And this is the moment, as the Arizal points out, that Moshe Rabbeinu's guf was completely tahor, Moshe Rabbeinu's body, Moshe Rabbeinu's physical experience, physical existence in this world was completely ethereal. It was completely rectified and completely redeemed in its spiritual process. And at this point, when Basia Basparo touches Moshe, Moshe loses that katnus of ore with an aleph that Rabbi Meir wrote about in his Torah, that chashmal, that shining brilliance of what it means to have a redeemed body in this world, to not be a physical creature, but rather to transform the physical into the spiritual itself. At this point, Moshe Rabbeinu loses his chashmal because he was touched by Basparo. We have to understand this secret. So again, we're not going to go very far into the sugya, but suffice it to say, this is a sugya that is expressed explicitly throughout Chazal. This is a sugya that is expressed in Midrashim as well as all of the tzaddikim. This is a sugya for anybody who's worried that it's much more discussed in the writings of the Vilna Gon and his Talmidim than the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh and his Talmidim, but it's the sugya of Matat Sarhapanim, the angel, the articular type of angel, a singular angel who is plays an incredibly important role in terms of the relationship between the Jewish people and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, between existence and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, ultimately for our purposes, Matat, or that Malach Matat, is representative of Moshe Rabbeinu. It's connected to Moshe Rabbeinu. It's connected to the Torah of Veitz Das. It's connected to the fact that the Mata of Moshe, the staff of Moshe, could on the one hand represent holiness, on the other hand be transformed into a Nachash. It's that place of Noga. It's the in-between zone. That is the place of Matat. That is the place of this presence, this expression from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that operates in between the worlds of spirituality and physicality, and Matat, who is typically referred to as a Na'ar, the Na'ar Ha'isi Gamza Kanti Vlora'isi Tzadik Nezav, that was the Rebbe of Moshe Rabbeinu. Why was Matat the Rebbe of Moshe Rabbeinu? Because Matat, on a certain level, was the higher consciousness of Moshe Rabbeinu, was the Das of Moshe Rabbeinu. It was Moshe Rabbeinu's own mind. It wasn't some magical creature that we typically think about with our kind of physicalized minds, but rather it was a form of consciousness, it was an awareness, a depth awareness that Moshe Rabbeinu had, that was what it meant to have shaykhs to matat. Rabbi Nachman had a lot to say about matat, all of the tzaddikim did, as we know from Rabbi Meir and the Arba Shenichmas of the Pardes. We know this because Matat, Sarhapanim, Matat, who is the prince of the face, who is a particular type of angel, is Roshe Tevos Moshe. So that just highlights the fact that it was really Moshe Rabbeinu's mind teaching him. But we know that Moshe Rabbeinu Harebi Shalom Hayam Matat, Sarhapanim, that Moshe Rabbeinu's Rebbe was Matat, Sodhu, and the depths of this secret is, Dihine Haguf Hagashmi, the physical body. Matat. 
we find another expression of what matat means. Matat doesn't only mean the Rebbe of Moshe Rabbeinu. Matat also refers to the physical body of the individual. What's the physical body of the individual? That's the chilek of katmus within the individual. That's the lowly states of consciousness. That's the stuckness. That's the fallenness. That's the physicality. That's the in-betweenness of what it means to operate wedged within a desire towards spirituality, yet a proclivity towards the flesh. So on the one hand, we see a stira. On the one hand, Moshe Rabbeinu's Rebbe was matat. On the other hand, the body itself, which is the chilek of katnus, which is the stuckness of a person's life, within each and every person is also referred to as matat. Even more so for those who are more spiritually refined, who have more of a weaker physical presence in this world. And everything that happens to the body, everything that the body goes through, everything that the physical part of human being goes through is in fact a tremendous teacher for the individual. So this is what the Rebbe is pointing out first and foremost. We find the stira. We see that on the one hand, on the one hand, the Rebbe of Moshe Rabbeinu is matat, this malach of matat, whatever that means. On the other hand, the body of Moshe Rabbeinu, the lowliness of Moshe Rabbeinu, the lowliness of each and every one of us is also associated with matat. So how can we find the solution to this contradiction? On the one hand, matat is a teacher seemingly offering high levels of spiritual awareness. On the other hand, matat is the guf, something that seemingly takes away from our spiritual awareness. But what the Rebbe says is that that which takes away from our spiritual awareness is in fact our biggest teacher, because our biggest teacher in life, the biggest teacher of Moshe Rabbeinu was his body. The biggest teacher that we experience is our katnus. We don't learn how to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu specifically in moments of godless when things are going well and wonderful for us. We learn the most about ourselves and the most about our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with Tzadikim and with the Torah, specifically when we're going through moments of katnus. And everything that the body experiences, and the body represents, in my mind, everything that a human being experiences down here in this world, the human condition, is there to teach the individual. And this idea is expressed throughout the writings of Chabad, how the Indian that in truth, when you look at the source of things, the body is rooted in a higher spiritual plane than the soul itself, which is a remarkable revolution. Because typically all of our spiritual lives are dedicated to the assumption that the soul is higher than the body. But what the Rebbe is pointing out as explicit in the writings of Kisvei Chabad is that in truth, the source of the body is rooted in a higher place than the soul. And in the future, when we merit to restore our guf, which is ultimately a question, because if the guf is a bad thing, then what purpose is there to leave Gan Eden and come back down into the guf? Ella, this is exactly what the Rebbe is pointing out, that in the future, when we merit Tchiyas HaMesim, which is the revelation of the Kedusha of Guf HaYisraeli, of the Jewish body, and here the Rebbe is forcing us to take a look at the depths of the writings of Hasidus. There's a mimer from the Maharash, who was the father of the Rebbe Rashab. He was the fourth Rebbe of Lubavitch, the, the son of the Tzemach Tzedek. And the Rebbe Maharash has a mimer 
on the words that we say every Shabbos of Ein Aroch Lecha Hashem Lekeinu Ba'ilum Hazav Ein Doim Lecha Mashienu L'Schiyas Hamesim. So, what is Ein Aruch and what is Ein Doim? So these are two ways of expressing our smallness and our inability to truly grasp the godless of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And as we know from the Rebbe's writing so often that the highest level of our hasaga is ultimately our hasaga of what we can't have a hasaga of, that recognizing our inability to grasp the infinite is the deepest way that we grasp the infinite. So these two words, ein doima and ein aruch, there is no relationship, ein aruch ein doima, there is no similarity. So when I say that there is no similarity between me and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, so I'm saying, yeah, I don't have any reasonable qualities that can be compared to the qualities of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but that doesn't negate the entirety of a relationship. I might not have any similarities, but that doesn't mean that I have no relationship. When I say Ein Aruch, when I say Ein Aruch Lecha, what I'm saying is I don't even have any relationship whatsoever. So Ein Doim Lecha Moshienu means, Hashem, I don't have any similarities to you, but I still leave room in my mind to assume that I might have some connection in, in a sense that I can equate myself to you on some level, on whatever ethereal concept that might bring. But in Aruch is saying, no, 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 I have absolutely no shaykhs, I don't know anything. So the darga of in doime, there's no similarity between me and you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What that tells me is that I'm not identifiable in any way with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God forbid. But still, maybe there's an erech, there's some sort of relatable level where we can claim that we operate on the same wavelength. Zakt in aruch lecha comes along the concept that says there's no relationship whatsoever. That goes even higher than saying ein doim lecha. That goes even higher than saying there's no similarity. Not only is there no similarity of ein doime, but there's no relation of whatsoever in terms of status of in Aruch. But the interesting thing that the Maharaj points out and that the Rebbe is building this Maimar on is that the Ein Doime is typically represented by a higher level. The Ein Aruch Be'olam Hazeh. How could it be then that it's specifically in Olam Hazeh? How could it be that it's specifically down here in our physical bodies, in our human condition, that we're zoiche to the hakara in aruch l'cha Hashem, that there is no relation whatsoever between what it means to be a human being and what it means to relate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to truly understand the deepest awareness, the tachlis ayadiyah shaloneda, I don't know anything at all. The ikr is to recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is ein soif l'malim ikol dargin, v'leis machshavat tvisa beklal, v'leis liba ruusa tvisa beklal, nothing can grasp HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That darga of ein aruch, is revealed in Olam Hazeh. The Darga of Ein Doime, where all I know is that there's no similarity, that's revealed to Asid Lavo. So Zak the Rebbe Maharash, what the Rebbe Maharash says is he says it's a stira, the higher level of Ein Aruch, that there's no relation whatsoever, should be revealed in the future, and the level of Ein Doime, which is a lower level, should be revealed in the present. But the Maharash points out that no, it's specifically down here when we're in Neshama Beguf, 
when we're in our bodies, when we're human beings living in our human condition, it's specifically there that we learn the highest recognition of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's not only that I have no similarities to you, but it's that there's in truth no relation between what it means to be a human being and what it means to try and understand what the infinitude of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is. And the place of Bittal in its truth comes specifically as we live down here in Oilam Ha'asiyah when we can say, Ein Aruch Lecha. And what the Rebbe is going to say is as follows, that in the future, when the body is redeemed in Tchiyas HaMesim, the Neshama is going to teach us the aspect of Ein Doi Melucha Moshienu. The Neshama will always be aware that Hashem, I have no similarity with you, but that's not the highest level. It's the body itself which is going to teach us that Rabbi Shalom, we have absolutely no relatable point of connectivity between what it means to be a limited creature and an unlimited creator. That the giloy of Ein Aruch, the giloy that there's no relation whatsoever, is higher than the relationship of saying there's no similarity. That it's specifically our body, our katnas, our darga of matat in our lives that is going to be there to teach us the truest level of bittal and the truest level of relating to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Rebbe continues, and we're going to see these ideas are going to be fleshed out. And this is the aspect of Yosef HaTzadik. Like it said by Yosef HaTzadik, and his brothers, the other Shvatim, came upon him to destroy him. Why? And when it comes to a true Tzadik, when it comes to someone who's truly trying to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to clear a path for HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world, there's always a Kitshuv. Like we see by all of our Tzadikim, especially Rabbeinu, from Breslov, Rabbi Nachman, we know that the Kitrug is a simon, it's a sign that there is a tzaddikus shel emes here. So what were the brothers attacking? They were attacking Yosef's body, as we see by Yosef that he was metzaltzel besa'arov, that Yosef HaTzadik was the one who understood the power of the body. And the Kitrug comes against that physical experience. But in the end, the body itself, what it means to be a human being in this world, what it means to feel heavy sometimes, what it means to have pains in our body, what it means to tolerate this world and it's all of its physicality, that is going to teach us deeper and, and more expansive pathways in Avot Hashem in the aspect of Matat, who was the teacher of Moshe Rabbeinu. And the Balatanya gave his life over to convey this truth. More godliness, and it will help us come to a higher level. That the body itself is going to be that which teaches us how being down here is higher than being simply in a Shama. When it comes to being in a Shama, it says, It says, There's no similarity. That's what the neshama teaches us. The neshama teaches us very good that there's no similarity. But when I'm only neshama, I might come to think that I still have some shaykhus to what it means to be the infinite. But in the end of the day, what the body itself comes to teach us, 
The body comes to say that no matter how high we climb on the rungs of spirituality, no matter how high we go, in the end of the day, we have no hasaga, no grasp whatsoever of what the essence of godliness could possibly ever mean to us. And this level of what the body reveals is higher than what the neshama itself can understand. And this aspect has been taught to us in a number of ways, says the Rebbe, the oimek hasod, the, the depths of the secret, that in the future we're going to merit to ascend to the truest form of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in this world, that when it comes to the self, when it comes to the body, when it comes to all of our human vicissitudes, when it comes to understanding what it means to live as a human being in this world, that is rooted in the Ani Hashem Alekechem, the highest level of true selfhood, the capital I, the I of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the fact that we can take our egocentricities and our human confines and we can identify and say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is how you want to be revealed in the world. And at that point, it's not only the ayin of the Neshama, it's not only the nothingness of the Neshama and the bittel of the Neshama and the Ein Doime of the Neshama, where I see that there's no similarity between my but at that point, I'll drag the Ani into it. I'll drag myself, my human condition, my struggle, my smallness, my fallenness, my body, all of my physical experiences, all of what it means to be a Jew confined in the world of constriction and Ahmad Shikra. And the aspect that the Shirish of Ani. That higher level of ani, the ainus, so to speak, in its transcendent space where Kadush Baruch Hu manifests throughout the world, so to speak, which is the source of the body, that the goal of the body is there to always teach us over and over and over again that no matter how high along the rungs of spirituality you climb, you will never have any true relation with the essence of godliness. In the secret of that my holiness is higher than your holiness, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's specifically the body that will allow us to properly understand the neshama in a deeper way. We'll go just a little bit weiter, And this is what it means when we say that the body itself, that human experience itself, that the stuckness, the smallness itself is not only not negative, but it's the teacher for the individual. And this is what it means to experience katnus. Katnus is a synonym for all smallness, constrictedness, fallenness, stuckness, anxiety, despair, any any mood that one finds themselves in, that's a state of katnus. Who inyan ha katnus? The body is the element of katnus adam. All of those difficult things that we go through in our own individual lives, shahu kemoha rebi shalo. The smallness of our lives, the struggle of our life, the difficulty of our life is the teacher of our lives. Because it's katnus itself that teaches us how to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's one thing to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu when everything is fine. It's another thing entirely to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu when things are difficult. And it's in those moments of katnus and in those moments of smallness and constricted mindsets that we learn how to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
And it teaches us how to connect to Hashem on a darga of the essence, which is when we don't feel anything, specifically when we don't feel anything, specifically when we have no idea how it's working, specifically when we have no idea how it's going to work out. The dveikas that we have to HaKadosh Baruch at that point is the dveikas of etzem because it's so essential that we don't even feel it. It's katnus that brings us there. When I'm in a state of godless, I experience ava, yira, dveikus. I experience love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, connectivity to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In a state of katnus, when I don't have any love or fear or connectivity, it's specifically there where I have to believe in feeling it, even though I don't feel it. As, as we've spoken about so often from the Rebbe, in the words of Hasidus, that there's tainuk morgash, there's a pleasure that's felt, and then there's the tainuk ha-bilti morgash, which is the pleasure pleasure that is unfelt, which is of an even higher level, because that's of the essence. If I can describe what it feels like, I'm no longer attached to the essence. To be attached to the essence means that there are no words, no feelings, no expressions that can possibly convey what it is that I'm trying to convey at this point. And the, the katness of our lives is what teaches us this. And in truth, it's not only our bodies, but the entirety of the Torah only is drawn down into this world through the aspect of tzimtzum, through Hashem's constriction and concealment that allows for revelation, which is the secret of katness. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given to each and every person a very, very good teacher. Shua Gufshalo, which is our bodies, which is our physical physical experiences what it means to be a human being in this world. Shehu b'chinas matat, which is the aspect of matat. Ve'im metaher u'mezachich ha'guf. And if we learn to purify ourselves and clarify our guf, bo'ifen shal na'ar bo'icha v'yachmalalav. In the aspect of the child was sobbing and, and Basia had compassion on him, zo'icha l'hesalus harbe'a We can not only elevate ourselves out of the stuckness of the body and all of that comes to represent, but we can allow the stuckness of the body and all of our human confinement and constriction to become the opportunity, the stepping stone for a deeper level of awareness in HaKadosh Baruch Hu and in Elokus in our lives. So Bezras Hashem, this will be the first of likely four or five classes that I could tell now. And Bezras Hashem will continue with the Ab Kislev Drasha. Hopefully even this week we'll, we'll get into the second part, Bezras Hashem.